Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. One of the things that we are very serious about at Mormonism Research Ministry is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And of course, I would say the Apostle Paul was pretty serious about it as well. When we look at what Paul says in his epistle to the Galatian church, he makes some very serious charges that I think sometimes people may not take quite as seriously as he meant them to be. I want to address some of those things at the beginning of this show because there may be some out there that wonder, well, why do Bill and Eric get so excited about this subject? Why does their voice tend to go up at certain points? And I guess the answer to that question is because we see a sense of urgency here. We are talking about people that we see following a different gospel, and you know they're following a different gospel by the mere fact that they call their gospel the restored gospel, which of course is not a phrase that we find in the New Testament. But they would argue that the gospel as we understand it was lost at some period of time, needing to be restored or brought back to the form that they believe it once was. And of course, that was done through their prophet, Joseph Smith. Well, what does Paul have to say in the opening lines of his epistle to the Galatian church? Starting with verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me through the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sin, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6 says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Let me ask you, Eric, the fact that we see a sense of urgency to challenge Latter-day Saints regarding what they believe the gospel to be, How can you assume, as many Latter-day Saints obviously do, that we're doing this out of some kind of ill will towards the Latter-day Saint? After reading what Paul says, we see that we need to share this with them. Well, I think you're right. We have to understand the context. He's talking in the book of Galatians about the Judaizers who were demanding that people who call themselves Christian ought to follow the dietary law as well as the ceremonial law called circumcision. Those Judaizers considered themselves to be Christian. And what does Paul say here? If we or an angel from heaven preach 
any other gospel. That's what he says. It's any other gospel. Then that person ought to be accursed. He repeats himself to show how important that is. So this is a fascinating account. He's not talking about people who are denying Christ. They certainly are Jews who accept Jesus as being the Savior, but they were trying to put these regulations on all the Gentiles. Paul said he wanted nothing to do with that. And Paul makes it very clear in his other writings that this justification that we as sinners must seek is a justification that he describes comes by faith Faith in what? Faith in what Jesus did on their behalf. See, we're not saved by faith in our faith. It's our faith in what Christ did for us. He is the one that did the works. We are saved through the works of Christ. Our works will never be good enough. Our works will always be tainted by our fallenness. We need perfect works on our behalf, and only Jesus could provide that. Now, why do I say all this to get to the start of the article that we want to look at today? In General Conference, in April of 2023, a 70 by the name of K. Brett Natris, it's kind of like mattress with an N, gave a talk called, Have I Truly Been Forgiven? The title of this article, or the title of his conference message, stems from a conversation that he had with a young man by the name of Danny, and he spends much of his time just building it up to where this expression or this question comes up. Danny apparently had a relationship with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but then walked away. As Mr. Natras says towards the end of his talk, he talks about straying from what is known as the covenant path, and a Apparently, he's saying that that's exactly what Danny did. It makes sense by the context. But he talks about how he encouraged this young man who decided to get his act together, and he encouraged him to go on a mission, and he went on a mission. Two years later, he says, Danny returns from this mission with honor. And then he says, following his missionary report in a sacrament meeting, and this is what they often do when a missionary comes back, they will get up and they will speak to the local congregation and give a report of what took place on his two-year mission. He says, Following his missionary report and sacrament meeting, I returned home only to hear a knock on the front door. There stood Danny with tears welling in his eyes. He said, Can we talk for a minute? We went outside to the same porch step. He said, President, do you think I have truly been forgiven? Now, if... Danny were to ask me that question, I don't think I at all would have responded the way Mr. Naturis responds to this young man. A person who's coming to me asking if they are forgiven, either one knows that their belief or their lifestyle, whatever it may be, does not seem to reflect that of a person who would be forgiven. Or maybe in some cases, and I've come across cases within Christianity, where individuals that are professing Christians don't know this, but it's only because they don't understand some aspect of the gospel. So what I would do is I would walk them through, trying to figure out why is it they don't think they are forgiven. And usually, as I mentioned, when it's a person who professes to be a Christian, it's something that they don't understand about the New Testament gospel. That's not the case with Danny, but the way Mr. Natris answers him, I find troubling. 
What does he say? He said, Now my tears accompanied his. Before me stood a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ who had given his all to teaching and testifying about the Savior. He was the embodiment of the healing and strengthening power of the Savior's atonement. I said, Danny, have you looked in the mirror? Have you seen your eyes? They are filled with light, and you are beaming with the Spirit of the Lord. Of course you have been forgiven. You are amazing. Now what you need to do is move forward with your life. Don't look back. Look forward with faith to the next ordinance. Danny's miracle continues today. He married in the temple, returned to school, where he received a master's degree. He continues to serve the Lord with honor and dignity in his callings. More importantly, he has become an incredible husband and a faithful father. He is a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. I was troubled by what I read in those paragraphs, and you can probably tell why I was troubled. When this young man asks Mr. Natras, do you think I have truly been forgiven? He has to be told by this individual. He has to tell Danny that he is forgiven. And he has to tell him why he thinks he is forgiven. And look closely at what he says. Now my tears accompanied his, he writes. Before me stood a devoted disciple of Jesus Christ who had given his all to teaching and testifying about the Savior. Is that a bad thing? No. Even within the context of Mormonism, I would say, okay, I get what you're saying there. He seems to reflect what your church wants for your members. But it's something that, notice, Danny is doing. The next sentence says, he, speaking of Danny, was the embodiment of the healing and strengthening power of the Savior's atonement. I said, Danny, have you looked in the mirror? Have you seen your eyes? They are filled with light and you are beaming with the Spirit of the Lord. Of course you have been forgiven. You are amazing. I don't know if that would be an answer that an evangelical would want to give to another evangelical, because as an evangelical who understands the New Testament message, we are a fallen people. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We in and of ourselves are not amazing, even though we may have a lot of good qualities about us. That's not what makes us forgiven. But notice where he's pointing with this. He's pointing towards Danny's accomplishments. He goes on to say Danny's miracle continues today. He married in the temple. He returned to school. He received a master's degree. And my question is, what in the world does this have to do with being forgiven? But you see, these are all accomplishments. They're things that Danny has done. He goes on to say that Danny continues to serve the Lord with honor and dignity in his callings. Okay, that's noble. That's great. However, what does that really have to do with forgiveness? So what you're saying, Bill, is that what Paul discusses in Galatians 1, another gospel, Mormonism is proclaiming another gospel. When somebody asks the question, am I forgiven, and they go to a list of all the things that they have done, that qualifies them somehow to be forgiven. Well, that's not the gospel of grace according to Christianity. Did you notice the one thing that's missing in this whole scenario? Never does Mr. Natras say to Danny, well, I would assume, Danny, you are forgiven because you put your complete trust in the righteous works of Christ that were done 
throughout his lifetime, culminating in his sacrifice on the cross, you have put your trust in what Jesus did for you, realizing there is nothing that can possibly be added to what Christ accomplished. You see, that's the New Testament gospel that Paul taught. That's the New Testament gospel we see in the epistles of Paul and the other writers of the New Testament. This man's answer was all about, look in the mirror, what have you accomplished? And if you've accomplished that, then you have the hope of being forgiven. And this is what in Mormonism is called the covenant path. You must accomplish by staying on the covenant path. We know that that's what he's talking about, because as I mentioned earlier, he says, to those who have strayed from the covenant path, please know there is always hope, there is always healing, and there is always a way back. What is the way back, according to Mormonism? Doing everything you are told. You don't necessarily have to go on a two-year mission, but you do have to do certain things. Once you stray from doing those things, you are then off of the covenant path. And in tomorrow's show, we're going to continue with this theme because it was also mentioned by another leader in the LDS church known as Dale Renlin. He's going to talk about this covenant path as well. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.